right, everybody. We are in to another episode of the Minds on Muscle show. Welcome to the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. And Glenn and I are excited to talk to you about eight reasons why your business is not growing. But speaking of businesses not growing, that is not happening here at Strata. That is not happening for our students. We got some really cool stuff going on. Glenn, what just happened for you in the last 24 hours with one social media post? So we use Facebook groups. As we've talked about before on this podcast to help uh, grow the network of people that we might be able to potentially help with their bodies and ultimately might become clients of ours. And one of the things that we do is we do a kind of, I don't like the word, but it is what it is. It's kind of cold outreach on Facebook in our local communities. And we just let people know what we're up to. And so uh, we have been tracking, and it's come up in this podcast today, we have been tracking the best times to reach out to people, the best communities. We've been playing around and rejigging all of our copy as well. We talk about all this testing stuff. And what we found yesterday was giving this certain copy at 7 a.m. into uh, one of our local communities ended up getting us 40 at this point in time, maybe closer to 45 group requests to get into our Strata Internal Performance Facebook group to help people move and exercise pain-free. And of those 40, 45 requests, we're already at 20 people in the group right now. So there's 20 new people that want to know how they can move and exercise pain-free and have entered our system. Now, are we going to convert all of them to clients? Probably not. Yes, we are. <laughs> are, we, are we concerned about converting all of them? No. Are we looking forward to helping people as best that we can and then having some of those people be so wild that they want to sign up for a more personalized service to help them with their bodies? Absolutely. And this just kind of goes to show that when you are tracking and measuring what's working, what's not working, you get a really good idea of how to double down on what's working and blowing up your business. For reference point, I tried doing this strategy probably about three weeks ago was the last time I did it. And I think I posted like 10 a.m. and similar but different copy. I think maybe got one interaction. One person came to the group. 7 a.m., changing the copy, telling people a little bit more about what we're going to be offering, telling them a little bit about the guides we already have, which was the big change that I think I made plus the timing. And it took off like wildfire. It was fantastic. You got to present the right stuff to the right people at the right time with the right offer. And honestly, this is the great thing. I mean, I was showing Glenn. I mean, I've been using a similar copy strategy within some other local towns or some of our, our local Facebook groups and outreach. And it's been really successful. But trying to make sure that you create some compelling offer that someone sees it and goes, oh, my gosh. I need that, an irresistible offer, something that seems too good to be true. And Glenn said, cold outreach, honestly, it is cold outreach, and that's totally fine. At the end of the day, most of the students who join for the Fitness Pro Mentors program, there's one thing that everyone says, well, I just need more people to find me. I need more people to find me. I need to get in front of more people. COVID has made doing presentations and getting in front of more people a lot harder. Glenn, yesterday, got in front of 45 people. One of our students did the exact same copy and had 21 interactions within an hour. I don't even know where he's at now. It's probably higher. So between Glenn and this client, two posts in two different worlds created 66 new communications, new connections with people, hearing the same message and all of which are interested in joining the community and entering into our world. And this is where we love online communities because in my opinion, you can have an amazing sales process, but your amazing sales process is the final destination where people enter into your integrate stage. They are hot leads. How do we get more people excited about what we're doing in the cold to warm phase and help them blow up in Glenn? He's crushing it. 
And that kind of brings us, I think, into what we're talking about today. It's all these different reasons that your business is not growing. And what we found through the consultation calls and discovery calls that we've done with the people in our program, but also with people that we've just chatted with to see if we can help them for an hour. The one thing that we've, one of the consistent things that we found is that a lot of people aren't marketing to one particular group of people. They have no idea what the avatar is of their ideal client. And while some people do have some idea of who they want to market to, they don't have a really, really crisp idea. They know, oh, I want to help people with pain and discomfort. I want to help people lose body fat. Well, losing body fat is something like 85 to 90% of the fitness and health market. Everybody's doing that. So how are you distinguishing what you do that's different from what everyone else that's competing with you is doing? And that's where dialing in your client avatar really comes into play, knowing how old they are. Maybe you work with a specific gender. Perhaps you know that they've gone to university or what their average income is, knowing what kind of emotional pains they have from not having the body fat level that they want or not looking the way they want to. Because for some people, losing body fat isn't about looking good. For some people, it's a health concern and how you market to that group that has a health concern is totally different than how you'd speak and market to the people that want to look good naked. And speaking to a male that wants to look good naked that's 22 years old and lose body fat is different than that 55-year-old woman who's had two kids. They're now starting to leave the nest and they're struggling with different things. Really dialing that avatar and learning how to speak to these people is going to be the first step, at least I think, in crushing your business. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few things, right? Glenn's crushing it with the avatar thing. But you ultimately, and that's what we're going to kind of get into today, is you got to have the right product for the right people at the right price at the right time. And in my opinion, can it scale without you? And if you can create an opportunity for all five of those things, if you got the right person, that's great. If you got a crummy offer, it's not going to go well. If you don't even have a price point that lines up with them, and in some cases, your price is too low, you might deter business. If it's too high, you might deter business. How are you creating value? So you need to know the avatar, but you got to make sure your product is good and you got to make sure that you can scale it. Because at one point, there's got to be a way that you can make sure that you can have the living that you want and you can raise your rates and become you know, a six-figure person trainer and have the house that you want, the car you want, and maybe buy a Corvette one day. But that leads into today's conversation that Glenn and I are really excited about, which is eight reasons your business is not growing. You want eight reasons to stagnate your progress? This is what we're going to be talking about today. So Glenn, give me something, man. What is one of the things that you think of that is going to stagnate someone's progress in their personal training to business development? Well, the first one we talked about there was already not knowing who they're marketing to and their avatar. Um, but I think the second thing, and it kind of ties into what we talked about at the very beginning today, was not tracking. I think a lot of people have an aversion to tracking. It's not something that's really ever taught that well when you are in college or university for becoming an exercise professional. They always tell you about how to track numbers in terms of maybe peak force output, or they're teaching you how to track sets and reps, but they don't ever teach you how to track what's working, what's not working in your marketing and, and that overall health of your business. If you don't know what's working, what's not working, how are you possibly going to improve on anything? You have to get an idea of where you're at in baseline and then as you make different changes to your carpet, uh, to your carpet, to your copy, to your marketing, to how you're working with people, to your sales process, all that stuff. Your the carpet of your business. The carpet of your business, the foundation. <laughs> you're gonna be spinning your wheels. So for us, being able to track now, okay, as that, that example we talked about earlier, being able to track and be like, okay, 7 a.m. in the morning, 
with this kind of copy in this group seems to work really, really well. Let's try this again a month down the road when it's kind of like that refractory refresh period in between people seeing it last and seeing how it goes again. And maybe that copy won't work as well in a different local community or a group that focuses more on sports, but it works well in this one. And we have a whole bunch of data to track that. I had 22 people enter the group. I took 22 different names and emails and I put them in my tracker. I put 22 different times where all these people joined and I had some conversations with over half of these people and I'm making some notes about what they're going through, what they're struggling with, and when I think I'm gonna contact them next based on how cold, warm, or hot they are. All this tracking stuff matters because there are people that are going to take a couple of months to nurture into a potential meeting with you to see if you can work with them one-on-one. -on -one. And if you're forgetting who they are and you're not tracking them, you're in trouble. So there's two kinds of tracking we just talked about here. One is going to be the tracking of your sessions, um, the amount of hours you're putting into certain things, all these other key performance metrics. And the second thing is tracking your individual prospects to see where they are in your system. In the nurturing sequence, right? I don't know if you've Nurtures. heard us say this before. We say this in the mentorship all the time, right? ABC, the A, always be closing, right? That is okay. I think it should be always be nurturing, right? A, B, N, always be nurturing. Because honestly, if, and I don't mean this like keep giving, be just their friend, but create an opportunity to have a great conversation <laughs> with people that you don't know. And you can take a cold person, a cold lead that has no idea what you do, but might have an interest in what you do, have a conversation with them over days, weeks, or months, and have that become a client. One of my mentors once said that the money's in the follow-up. It really is following up with people and nurturing, and I think that's super powerful. So, Glenn, way to crush it there. But I got one that I'm pretty fired up to talk about, and it's something I haven't talked about in a while, and it's the five pillars of personal training, and it really is that you need to consistently be studying and elevating your professional self from an academic sense as well as business sense on all fronts, but it needs to be for the gig. When I used to play music a lot more, I mean, I'm someone that if you've ever followed my drum stuff, I love playing drum solos. I entered lots of drum solo contests. I love the freedom of being a solo artist. However, being a drum solo artist and being proficient at drum solos is a very selfish, egocentric thing. It's more for me. It's my meditation, if you will. I like moving. I like creating. But if I wanted to get paid for playing drums, that's the worst way to do it. Because if I want to go to a country gig or a jazz gig, it's not going to work. And so the five pillars of personal training is our basic outline to help you pr practice for the gig, your job as a trainer, to make sure that you have one of these five things that you're focusing on within your personal training practice right now, specific to your goal. And I think that's one of the big things that really drives me bonkers is that a lot of trainers get really excited about what they're excited about right now. That new barbell course, that new Olympic training course, and they go and spend lots and lots of money in the newest science, the newest thing, and they continue to get technically proficient. They learn new techniques, new wordings, like that's all great, but their business isn't growing and they're not necessarily taking that information and customizing it to the people that are in front of them. Like Glenn said, if you have someone that has weight loss needs, that's great if you're learning fantastic new barbell information and techniques on how to do barbell back squats better, great, but how is that relevant to the person that's right in front of you? So the five pillars of personal training, we've got a whole video on this in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group, but one is technical, what exercise, what anatomy, what mechanical stuff are you learning about relevant to that client, specific to them? Two, communication. 
How are you making sure that your words and your ability to communicate via communication chameleon is dialed in so you're communicating to the people in front of you, your clients, no matter what they need, what words they need to hear, you are communicating to them. So we have technical communication. Number three is business. What in your business, Fitness Pro Mentors, wink, wink, what in your business are you working on right now to help elevate your practice that's going to be that 80% return from your 20% work. You're going to put in a little bit of work on some specific things. You're going to double down on what's working. What's going to bring more clients in? What's going to help make your sales better? What's going to help your business grow? What's going to help your marketing, right? Those three are the big ones, but the other two are my favorite ones. Number four is creativity. How are you working on exploring your mind from the creative intelligence side of things? So that way, all that information you learn within the business, the communication, the technical stuff, you are dialing that in and you can also become free with it. Because practicing creativity and freedom within the information that you have, freedom within limitation, if you will, is how you're going to seem like you have endless amounts of information available to you. And number five is mastery. What are you doing consistently to challenge yourself with the things that you already know? I'm already an RTS master certified specialist. Great, but I can consistently go back and reevaluate what I know about specific things, learn how to communicate muscular orchestration better, learn more, and constantly challenge myself so I can move forward. So if you're a personal trainer who's not currently working on developing yourself, you're already stagnant. You need to be doing some stuff to help continue to grow, not for your own personal development, although that's important. That way your clients can benefit from your development. Hot take, Brandon. I think there are too many professional hobbyists in the exercise world. I think we saw a lot of them leave once uh, the lockdown started happening, but too many people are just focusing and studying what they want to study and they enjoy it and it's a lot of fun for them. And I mean, some of them don't even know that they should be looking at other stuff. I think a lot of people have this rose colored vision that uh, I have, once I know all the technical stuff, I can work with people and it's going to be great. Um, and you, you know what? To be fair, you can do that. But what you're going to end, it, end up being limited to is working at a, for the most part, a big box gym and getting paid $15 every half an hour, $30 an hour, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're okay with that. But then you exponentially have to work 40 hours a week to make your cut that you need to, to you know, make the food that you need to put on the table and pay your rent and take care of your kids. And those clients aren't always going to fall when you want them to. In those big box gyms, they want you there six, seven, eight, maybe a nine o'clock. And they want you there 11 to 12, 12 to one. And then they want you there five, six, seven. I know so many trainers who worked at, you know, the big box gyms in Canada and they start their day at 6 a.m. And their day doesn't finish till 7 p.m. And they're stuck underground, in a concrete, uh, at a concrete box and they don't love it. Now there, and, and there are other gyms who don't get me wrong, independent gyms treat their people very, very well, don't have those expectations of them, but a lot of people are gonna be stuck in those professional hobbyist roles. And unless you are really gonna dive out and take it upon yourself to learn what you need to in those five pillars of being a personal trainer, you are gonna be severely limited. And as Brandon said, practice for the gig that you've got right now. So if you've got a whole bunch of technical knowledge, but your business isn't growing, start diving into marketing, start diving into sales more, start diving into all that stuff. If you come from a sales background, you might have all that information already. Maybe you have to work on your technical stuff. I don't know, but as a generality, most people are struggling with the, how do I get people in my system and how do I keep them their peace, which is largely sales and marketing and some, some technical stuff. I love it, man. Yeah. Glenn. 
on that beautiful note, mm. give us another option. Okay. Give us another thing. What's another reason why personal trainers are not growing in their business right now? I think this is a huge thing for a lot of people. And it's funny because I think about, you know, my university experience. Um, and so I'll say, with, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll say the thing first and I'll tell you about my story here. And that is becoming a competent communicator and presenter kind of in the same vein here. So I remember being in a third year university course. It was psychology of sport. And we had Dr. Dennis, I forget his last name, Dr. Dennis someone, but at the time he was the sports psychologist for MLSC. So he was working with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Raptors, all these people. And he was also teaching the university um, as an aside. And he didn't need to teach at the university, but he liked doing it. And it was clear in the way he presented the information that it was amazing. So the final project uh, for that class was for uh, you and three of your colleagues to get together, do research on a particular sports psychology um, topic and present it to the class. Now, this is the point in time where everyone's still 22 or 23 at this point in time. Not a lot of people are used to getting up and putting themselves in front of other people. A lot of people are very nervous public speakers. Most people reading off cue cards word for word, right? And that makes, if you've ever been in those presentations, extremely boring. You kind of zone out. You want to play on your phone, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, at that point in time, had an inkling that I kind of liked presenting and I wanted to get better at it. And so I told my group, I said, hey, I know everyone here doesn't really want to do the presenting piece and a little nervous about it. You give me all the information. Everyone spent half an hour with me. I will tell the entire story. Everyone could just stand off to the side. I will present all the information. And so this was like my real first for foray into trying to become a really great presenter. So I spent a lot of extra time learning everyone's information. I practiced this presentation, only 10 or 15 minute presentation. I probably practiced it 20 or 30 times. I spent hours to become better at this. And I was the only person out of this 40 student class that did the entire presentation for their group, but also did it without having to look at cue card. I was able just to look at the information. I got so good, I knew it so, so well that I could just look at the graph and the PowerPoints and the charts that we had and the diagrams and just talk about what it is that was in front of me. And our, our group, not because of me per se, but our group got top marks on the presentation. We had great knowledge, it was delivered well. And I had three or four different people at the end of the class, literally as I was walking, stop and be like, that was amazing. Like no one else did that. Like it was so great to you presented like that. Like really good job. That doesn't happen in a university setting that often. So for me, that was kind of my first taste into, wow, there's really great, really great power. I'm being a really powerful presenter and communicator. And how that's transferred in to my business sense and how it's maybe blew up my business is now, as an excellent communicator, I educate my clients every session. Before I've actually say, hey, this is why we're doing this today. Give them a little bit of feedback, let them know the benefits of it, let them know what it's going to ultimately mean for them. And if it's something we've done before, I talk about some of the nuances of it. When I'm doing um, you know, my sales and education report of findings pieces, I'm able to really communicate to people very simply and effectively, here's how our process works, here's how it's going to help you with your problem so that you end up getting rid of this pain or feeling really good or X, Y, Z. And people really get that. And because of that, it helps them be sold on the process of working with me and so that they get what they want of the training and I get to make more income and work with people in a really high capacity. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, your value is a lot about how people perceive you. And if you can do value content like we do for Facebook and Instagram, and you can communicate your value to people in terms of why they should work with you in your sales process and continue that value and education piece through the training sessions, people see you as a fixture in their world. And for me, one of the best things that's happened is 
I have had people where they leave me because they've moved and they go work with other professionals and they constantly tell me afterwards, they say, Glenn, I work with another person right now, but it's really not the same experience. They don't communicate the information as well. They don't feel they're getting the same amount of value, even if they're doing very similar stuff. I can't stress enough how being a really strong communicator and a really strong presenter is going to change your life in terms of how much you can earn and how much you can help people. I love it. Love it. <clears throat> you got to be a competent speaker. You got to get in front of people. And honestly, I remember one of our students um, asked me once, hey, can you recommend any good communication books? I said, no, go talk to people. Because <laughs> honestly, it sounds ridiculous. So but I would say pick a topic, pick anything. And I mean literally, take your favorite course, open it up and go to the table of contents, put your finger on one of the topics and practice talking about it. Practice explaining it and see, can you explain it to all different levels of people? If I can't explain something to my wife who is not in this industry or to Glenn or a client and I try to explain it to all three people and one of which doesn't quite get what I'm trying to say, it is not their fault, it is 100% my fault for not doing a very clear delivery and being able to chameleon it to each person. So I think public speaking is fantastic. And you know what, Brandon? That also translates really, really well to the copy on your website and your Facebook and all that kind of stuff because so many people go through these fancy courses and the fancy courses have names that we really like as exercise professionals because they sound really technical and we like that part of it because that's what we're in yeah. and then they use that same technical wording, right? This is a biomechanical approach designed to help your muscles, yada, 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 so on and so forth and then a client who goes to your website really, really likes what they see initially and then they read something, they're like, I have no idea what's going on, out, right click out, right? Versus, I use exercise to help people move and exercise pain-free. All, all, already, right away, very, very simple to understand because it's already building on stuff they already know, right? Yeah, so time. you got to, communication isn't just like presenting like this. It's also presenting like this online. What words are you using to help describe the beautiful story of what your product will do for someone once they engage in your service? I love 100%. it. Love it. Hey, so I want to do another one, and this is one of my favorite ones, actually, and I would say it's an exercise that myself and the team at Persichini Fitness, we spent a lot of time at, influenced by my late mentor, Peter, and it really is uh, practice being creative. Now, I said this with the five pillars of personal training, but I want to give a bit of an example here because I do believe that creativity is a gigantic thing that most trainers lack, and the reason why I would say it like that is that most trainers I know have a gigantic list of exercises. Like, okay, I'm going to do a glute exercise, and I got the hip thruster, I got squats, I got deadlifts, and they go through in their mind the list of exercises rather than RTS practice learning the pieces of the exercise so you can actually design something for a particular individual based off the physics. And so all of that comes down to if you learn that information, all those multiple layers is how you can be creative with the information to create something on the fly for the given client. And I don't mean creating it ad hoc, something you're just improvising for the sake of improvising, but you do have to improvise in that someone comes in, their back sore, their knees sore, they didn't sleep the night before, and you go, okay, I need something where it's gonna be lighter at the bottom and heavier at the top so I can respect the amount of torque at the bottom position so I don't bother their back. And at the same time, I wanna make sure the effort scale is X, Y, and Z so I don't do X, Y, and Z. And so from there, creativity becomes a gigantic piece because you have to be creative on the spot. One of the exercises we did at Persichini Fitness that I think was awesome, we had a team of tra 25 trainers, and having 25 trainers go through this exercise at all different academic levels was awesome, was go around the gym floor, pick an exercise machine, and create an exercise for a different part of the body than what that machine was designed for. And so simple things like taking a hammer strength shoulder press and standing on it and doing shrugs or bending over and doing rows, finding a way to turn a bicep curl into a tricep extension exercise. All of those things became really, really cool. Even taking a leg press and sitting on it and turning the leg press into a shoulder press was a whole exploration. Was it practical? 
Not really. But that creativity gave all of us a new set of eyes. When we looked at the machine, we could go, hey, on this machine, you could actually do this. On this machine, you could actually do this. And what was cool is two things happened. One, all of our trainers became very competent at creating things on the fly for people when they needed a change to happen. And two, we were in a busy gym. Strata gets busy. If you need to do a aggregate shoulder flexion exercise and you actually know, okay, well, that machine and that machine are used. I can actually use this machine to achieve the same effect. Boom creativity. So I would urge all of you to try that exercise. Go on the gym floor, pick an exercise machine, and try to do an exercise for a completely different series of muscles and joint systems than what that machine is designed for. This, I think, is one of the beautiful things about the mind, is that creativity does become largely a subconscious task. And as Brandon mentioned, your ability to do this subconscious task with creativity is really based on your knowledge base. The more knowledge that you have in a subject area, the more creative you can be with that information. And this is one of the reasons why I love, for example, like meditation. I got back into meditating uh, more recently after taking a year off and sitting in meditation for 20 minutes in the morning helps me rewire my brain such that the rest of my day shows up differently. I don't do anything different when I'm doing the day-to-day tasks that I'm used to, but having to do that little 20-minute mental muscle exercise in the morning called meditation helps my brain function differently automatically. And that's one of the reasons why doing these creative processes and learning all this stuff is so important is because once your brain experiences that and it gets challenged like that, it remembers that. And then you get to do the stuff with your clients almost on an automatic level. And the more creative you can be, the more you can solve really bizarre, tough to solve problems like pain and discomfort in someone's body. And the more value you present to your clients, the more you can earn and the more you can help super sensitive people that honestly, no one else can help. And that is amazing. I mean, that makes me feel like a real strong contributing member of society. Now, that automation that happens in your brain, that creativity is important, but there's another kind of automation that's super important in the world and it's gonna help your business go. And if you're not doing it, don't expect your business to get very far, which is automating the processes that you use to streamline your business. Brandon, could you share a little bit about this? Because I think you're probably the king of this. Do you mean as far as the tech processes go or the business processes? I mean, streamlining process in general is super important. I mean, so listen, I'll speak to Brandon's, let me tell you something. I'll speak to Brandon's streamline of tech processes because I've heard him talk about it and he's helped me with it. And then why don't you take the marketing end of stuff? Is that okay? Sure. Here's, <laughs> I know, right? Brandon loves, and I think, I think at least once a month, Brandon has a like tech, uh, tech portion of Minds and Muscle podcast for his pick of the week that is like oriented towards efficiency and streamlining. And that is because Brandon is very smart about something. And I posted about this on my Instagram the other day, which is time is an extremely precious resource. And the more time you can allocate and save by automating things, the better off you're going to be in devoting that time to other things that matter to you, either in growing your business or personal things that you want to achieve in your life. What you can't see right now is that Brandon has, and I actually have, a laptop here, we have two lights, we have a camera, we have another separate screen to show us what's going on, two microphones, a third microphone, lighting set up in the back. If we had to break all this lighting down and set it up every time, that's probably about a 20 minute process for Brandon. But because Brandon has everything automated, set up, ready to go, and it's literally flicking two or three switches and we're good to go, it saves him so much time and energy that he can devote to other things, to helping his business grow, to helping my business grow, to helping Strata blow up, helping people like yourself as well who are listening. If we had to set this up every time, my God, 40 minutes every week out of 168 hour a week, that's not a small thing. With all these small seconds, they matter. 
If you can save 30 seconds a day setting something up, 30 seconds times 365, I can't even do the math, but that's it up to 20 minutes a year, maybe 30 minutes a year. And you do that math on all the little things that you've got, but you might be wasting hours of year doing stuff that you could automate and time you could put towards other things that you love. So these tech setups, they matter, but automations and everything across the board matter to help you save some time, energy, and Monday. Monday, but also to help you blow up your business from the marketing end. Brandon? So honestly, I mean, my whole thing is, and then we teach this in the Fitness Pro Leaders Mastermind Group, is like reduce, automate, and delegate. And the automate section is a big part of this because I value personally my time at $5 a minute openly. And so every minute that I spend doing something that's not productive toward my business costs me $5. And so if I have to spend 10 minutes setting up all this tech, 20 minutes, like Glenn said, that instantly turns into $100 worth of time that I wasted setting this all up. So maybe the one time that's not such a big deal, but if I'm doing that every single week and I do that for 50, that's 400 bucks a month, that turns to five grand a year really fast where I could be putting that 20 minutes of time towards lead generation processes for the business and things that, you know, that 20% that turns to the 80% revenue. And so for me, if I think of that conversion of time, I might have a thousand dollar computer or a thousand dollar camera set up all connected together that just sits here fixed. And that might sound like a lot of money, but saving that time of the 10 minutes, the 10 minutes, the 10 minutes, the 20 minutes, over time builds up to that it accrued the accrued value the net value for me is higher that the value of coming in turning the switch on and being able to make this happen is great from the marketing process side of it and this streamlining i believe goes a lot further which is really the mentorship and the leaders program is how can you make everything so easy with your skill level you can reduce the stuff that's not working for you. You can automate it through tech and then you can delegate the pieces that are slowing you down on other pieces of the things you're trying to work on within your business. If you can get all those working in harmony, you can really, really do some amazing stuff. I record uh, between Glenn and the exercise Titan interview series on Fridays for Fitness Pro Mentors, about two hours worth of content. And that content is easily chopped up into tons and tons of social media clips where Glenn and I can be creative with the sales copy and use that to help promote and advertise what we're working on, which is great. It all comes down to streamlined processes. There's definitely a learning curve. It's definitely something I've spent a lot of time working on, but all of that time I've invested into it, I believe helps me go faster and do more. In fact, we have a third microphone set up over here. So when we have Sam Trotta come uh, this Friday, which is gonna be awesome, we have an extra guest seat so we can actually have three people up here. I I have a whole other setup on the other side of the room where I do the mentorship and I've got a faster computer so I can talk to people all over the world, streamlining. You do need to make sure that in your business, and this is where the tracking is so important, you know exactly what's happening at each part of the process along the way. What people are seeing you, where they're seeing you, how they're finding you. Once they find you, what are the one or two ways they enter into your sales process? When they enter your sales process, what does that sales process look like? What does the sales experience look like? Is it working for you? Are you having a high conversion rate? Are you having people fall off? People falling off? Are you willing to make that change to that process? If you don't know your process, process, then how can you possibly ever change it? And then from there, what is the actual client experience like? And when people do that experience, we're going to talk about another thing that I think is a key piece. When they're in the client experience, what are you doing to make sure that the fulfillment is at the level that you want it to be? How do you make sure that the lifetime value of a client is higher? Not because you're trying to trick someone to get more money, because you're actually serving them and fulfilling their needs and providing them with something that no one else is having. Listen, 
Business is complicated. <laughs> it's not easy. It, honestly, if you want to make 200K a year with all the skill stuff, you can go sell glass at a construction sales position and you'll be just flying. But in this industry, if you learn all these interesting pieces, you can have a lot of fun helping a lot of people and really change some lives. Uh, being a steward to your community, like Glenn said, which is what really gets me fired up to work so hard, is that I want to have some freedom in my life where I can have a house for my kids and not have to worry about money. But at the same time, more importantly, I want to do something that helps people. And all of this streamlining lets me help more people faster, create more content faster, do more things like this. If I wanna go live one day ad hoc for Strata or Fitness Pro Mentors, because I got something that I'm fired up about, I literally press a few buttons and go. So, I don't know if that was helpful, it was a bit of a rant, but streamline your processes so you can focus on the things that you're good at. Know what your superpowers are, I know what mine are, do you know what your superpowers are? And from there, Work on dialing in those processes so you can make things happen. And if you need evidence of that with me, I would say, and then with Glenn as well and with Taylor, is we've got Strata going. And at the same time, concurrently, we have Fitness Pro Mentors going. And that comes from Glenn, Taylor, myself, Chris, and other people at Strata fulfilling specific roles and then fulfilling specific other roles at FPM. And I love it. You know, Brandon, as a sidebar, I know this is not on the 10 reasons, but it it's come up so many different times over the past couple of weeks and on this podcast alone. So I think really got to talk about it. I think if you are not treating the people, if you're not treating the people that you that are in your world from a client perspective um, as ends versus means to an ends, I think you're in a tough spot. I think there are a lot of people that are constantly looking at their bottom line and worrying about taking a paycheck and that caused them to stop nurturing their clients even when they become, if they're, yeah, stop nurturing clients for the long term and they start looking at prospects coming in to their system as dollar signs versus people. And this is why the nurturing is so important is because it can be really tough for people to get into the mindset of, I got a new person in my Facebook group, I got a new lead, I got to talk to them as if they are a prospect or like a dollar sign that, I, that I'm going to lose if I don't do things properly versus nurturing and treating them like a human being and really trying to help them. And then if it works out, great. But people aren't stupid, especially with their attention being pulled in every direction and then being constantly being sold things in this day and age online and in person. People need to be nurtured. People need to, be need to feel like they're being treated as their own unique um, being. And if you're not doing that, I think you're going to lose a lot of people out of your system and it'll come off in the way you're doing things. So if I'm going to add like an extra ad hoc reason in there, I'd say, um, you know, if you're not constantly nurturing everybody in your world to be a better person, support them as much as you can, obviously within respects to your time and what you have to offer. I'm not saying, you know, become a martyr for your business and all that jazz. What I am saying is, with the time you put aside to help people and work in your professional world, nurture as much as you can, help as many people as you can. And if you marry that with getting good at this other technical stuff that we're talking about and the other skill sets for business, there's no reason you can't have a life worth living. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I think that a big part of that, I mean, we, uh, if you see me do any of these posts, I mean, you spend an equal amount of time nurturing and treating your clients well uh, with punctuality, professionalism, and fulfillment, as well as reaching out for new people, which turns into, I think, one of our final three points that I'm excited about. And one of which is scheduling regular reassessments, constantly collecting new data. If you just put someone in your schedule, like Len was saying, and they are just in there as a placeholder, right? The whole don't choke the placeholder puppy. Once they're in there, you go, ah, 
we're good. They're in there. I don't need to worry about it. Next client, please. Doesn't work like that. You need to have assessments booked so that way you know exactly where that client is and how things are going forward. That data we talked about with tracking, right? Tracking your business. You need to be tracking your client progress, no doubt. And if you can collect and track their progress, it gives you as a consulting personal trainer the opportunity to talk about how you need to change things along the way so they can get better results. And if that means increased frequency with you, decreased frequency, adding a membership, adding another adjunct program, that all gives you jurisdiction from a data-driven place to offer that rather than being an upsell. Honestly, who doesn't want more money? But if you're doing it from a place that's just kind of gutless and you're trying to sell people, people are wise to it, like Glenn said. If you can, and forgetting about more money, make it about what the client needs and make sure that they feel comfortable with it so that way they're getting the best value for every dollar they're investing into the product that you provide. Book reassessments. Absolutely. And the reassessments aren't just there, as Brandon said, for you to periodically keep them in your schedule and, and you know and just make choices and show them like some surface value, there's a reason. Because the more data information you collect, right, the better choices you can make. Because one of the things that we do wrong, I think, in this industry a lot is we keep trying to do a lot of the same things over and over again, right? If you consistently are trying something with a client or you're trying something with your marketing and it's not doing the return on investment that you're expecting, you got to do something different. You have to pivot. I think so many trainers and so many exercise professionals are comfortable just doing the same thing over and over again um, for whatever reason, right? Sometimes they just really stress out because they have a newborn at home. Not like Brandon here who just does everything a mile a minute all the time, which is very, very impressive. But some people, they just are on the course and they're happy to be floating along, so to speak. And because of that, they do the same things over and over again. The growth process is literally trying new things, failing, learning from it and moving forward. And so if you're consistently doing the same thing with the clients over and over again, they're going to get bored. They're not going to see the value. It's going to be routine for them. They're probably not going to improve. If you keep doing the same things over and over again for your marketing, you're probably not going to try new things. You're not going to try to write new copy or do new videos. You get to see the same results. Not, not a lot of new people coming through the doors. You have to be willing to fail, which isn't a bad thing, by the way, and experiment and try new things with everybody in your world, marketing and clients aside and pivot when you need to. And that is, this kind of brings in all these different points together where if you want to see your business grow, you have to get more knowledge and keep working on those five pillars so that you can adjust as you need to. And you need to keep tracking because if you're trying things and you're not tracking, you don't know what's working. So how do you know what to focus on next? If you're not reassessing, you're not collecting data, you've got no new information to pivot with right? All these other things that we've talked about really fall into this category of if you're not trying new things and you're doing the same things consistently over and over again and getting the same result, you're stagnant and there's no other way around that. And the sooner you can pick your, 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 your ass off the ground and try something new and different and fail some more and learn and get comfortable with that, the better off you're going to be. And I get it because I've been there. I had a year of my life where if I didn't have clients, I would distract myself with video games and movies and I felt good when I was distracting myself. I'd numb, I guess numb is the word actually. And then I'd wake up the next day and I'd have days where like I'd honestly, like I'd cry. Like I'd wake up in the morning at 9 a.m. I'd have one client and I'd cry because I knew rent was due in a week or two and I didn't know how I was going to make it. And I didn't want to ask for help. You have to try new things and be willing to fail to get to where you want to go. 
So we got eight things. I'm going to read them off in order so we can kind of recap here. And I'm Glenn, thank you for that. Because I mean, honestly, I think more people are just like you that are struggling yeah. and they don't know what to do. And that's what we're excited to try and help you with. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I, I want some support, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. But honestly, we got never stop learning, five pillars of personal training. You got to be tracking. You got to identify your bottlenecks. Become a good speaker, presenter. Get good at communicating in front of people. Thanks to Peter. Never stop being creative. Explore creativity. Your marketing efforts might be missing the mark and missing the avatar. Lock in a streamlined sales process, tech process, automated marketing process. Make it better. Consistently doing the same thing over and over again, never exploring what's working. And if something's working, that's okay. If it's really good, double down on it. But if it's not working, you got to reevaluate. And finally, not setting up reassessments. Don't choke the placeholder puppy. Bonus number nine, nurture, nurture, nurture. Always be nurturing is my favorite thing to say. Anyway, so on that note, everyone, that was a pretty cool episode. Really quickly, uh, Glenn, what the heck is your pick of the week? My pick of the week actually falls in line with today's episode, which is reassessments. And we talked about reassessments today being in line with something you do with a client periodically to collect more data and move them forward. But quite honestly, I do mini reassessments with my clients all the time. Just the other day, I spent the first five minutes of my session collecting some dynamometer data, right? Dynamometers, these little hand tools that you can have clients push into and they let you know how many pounds of force they peaked at. And I use that information to be like, okay, client, these are the differences left to right. And here's why we're going to be doing more work on the left-hand side today than the right-hand side. We're going to try to close some of these numbers up and we're going to check them again in a month from now, see if there's any difference there and reevaluate how to move forward. So reassessments don't have to be these grand things you do every 12 weeks. They can be small little things that you do every session if you want to help guide the process moving forward. Even when you look at a client's notes from your last session, you see their numbers, you're essentially reassessing what you should do for that session, help plan ahead. Reassessments are happening all the time. What we're encouraging you to do here is maybe do them as a standardized one once you run through a plan of anywhere between four to eight to 12 weeks with a client, but also now filtering a couple little re mini reassessments because it's going to really add some value and help you make sure you're giving your client the experience they need to move and feel their best so they get to their goals. Reassess. Mine is, and pardon me, Glenn, move your head just to the side a little more, is oh. this right here. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I just want to kind of point this out, and Glenn, don't have to run away necessarily. Um, this little sign here um, is a neon sign, custom made, obviously. And I wanted to say, like, if anyone's interested, my pick of the week is this sign because I've seen different people with customized signs like this, and I was like, where the heck do they get that? Where do they get that? And so Jen Schwartz, who's someone who has got her own podcast, I saw she had her as Impact Your Life, Impact Your Fitness. Impact Your Fitness. Impact your fitness, pardon me. And so I was like, where'd you get that? And it was on Etsy. And so I will say this, you go to Etsy, look up Neon Signs. There are a ton of amazing customized signs and I absolutely love it. You can get RBG, you can get your own custom colors. I thought it was fluorescent signs, like glass tubing. It's all plastic and all rubber, so it's super durable. And I might even get a second one for the facility when we, uh, if we change things and put it up in the window because I just absolutely love how it looks. So mine is a custom neon sign by Etsy. And if you're trying to do some branding, cool image stuff like Glenn and I are, that's a pretty cool thing in my opinion. But this Friday, um, Mr. Sam Trotta is coming to Strata. We're going to have him live for an extra episode of the Minds on Muscle show. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to show him all of our crazy stuff. Sam Trotta's got a company called Striation 6 and Ballast. you got to check him out. A student that actually, in the first two months of being a part of FPM, not even where he is now, he had curated $20,000 in new business, which is super exciting. So we're going to talk about that, him being an RTS teacher. It's going to be super cool. I love him. He's one of my best friends, and I really look forward to having him on the show. Um, Brandon, 
What an amazing podcast. One of our longer ones, but it was a lot of fun. A lot of, I think, gold in this one here. And again, everybody, we speak a lot about all this different stuff. And if anything here of these eight to 10 points that we spoke about resonated with you, please let us know, reach out. We'd love to do a 45 minute call with you to see how we can help you impact your business right now. No charge, totally complimentary. Give us a shout. If you're thinking about it, and you're not sure what to do, just do it. Just message us. Get the ball rolling. Don't think, just message. We want to talk to you. Okay. We want to help you. We love you. We want to help you. Anyway, everyone, we are the Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast. This is the Minds on Muscle Show with Brandon and Glenn. Listen, if you like this stuff, uh, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends. We're on Spotify everywhere, and we go nice and live in our Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group at 10 a.m. every Tuesday, barring a storm or something crazy like that. And so thanks so much for checking out this episode. It's a lot of fun. Glenn, thanks so much, man. What a great episode. High five. Everyone up. Cool. Take care, everybody. That was good. That was a good one. I like that one. I like talking about muscles and exercise and marketing. Muscles, exercise, and business is a lot of fun. Oh, all right. Have a great day, everybody.